Well, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good. A few people are good. Somebody said they're cold. All right, that's okay. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Eric Miller, and I'm one of the pastors here. And we're so glad that you decided to make Grace a part of your weekend. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, wasn't it amazing to watch that video before the service, uh, the People Are Awesome video? Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about because you just got here like a couple minutes ago <laughs> hoping that the offering plates had gone by and then you could come in. That's okay. That's okay. Um, you can stick around for the next service and see that video. But man, this morning, th- there just are some amazing things that are happening. Some of you... Uh, when that, that puppet, when Wilbur, I think that was his name, when Wilbur was up here, you like just were amazed by that. I could see it on the looks in your faces. Uh, and then just to sing Amazing Grace. Well, this morning we're going to be talking about God's amazingness and how amazing Jesus is. But before we do that, I want to just recap briefly this series that we're in. Uh, it's called The King and I, and we are studying the book of Mark. How many of you, as Pastor R challenged you in week one, have read through the book of Mark at least once? Show of hands. Yeah, a few. Many of you. Awesome. Uh, if you have not done that, there's still time. You, you can still do that. You can read through the book of Mark. It's a powerful book. Uh, Mark kind of reads like an action movie. You know, so some of you, you're like, man, the Bible's boring. It doesn't really, I don't really get it. Like, you got to read Mark. It, it's, it's one of the shortest gospels, uh, but it, it just, it reads like an action movie. There's, the word immediately is used like nine times in chapter one alone. Uh, it's just like one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. It, it's powerful. Uh, it's been great, but we're really studying the king. And who is that king? Jesus. He's our king. He is the one that's on the throne. Uh, maybe you're mistaken and you've, you've been living life all this time thinking that you were on the throne. Sorry, I hate to break bad news to you just right off the bat this morning, but he's on the throne and, and we're talking about our relationship with him, the king and I. This morning we're in week three of this series and we're going to be looking specifically at verses 21 through 34 in chapter one. So if you would, grab your Bible. Uh, I'm going to be teaching and reading this morning out of the ESV. I like to say it's Eric's special version, but that's not true. It's actually called the English Standard Version. So it's kind of standard. That's okay. Uh, Eric's special version sounds better. So uh, regardless, we're going to read this. Uh, If you would, just kind of follow along with me as we read it. Uh, And hopefully as as we go through it, uh, then this morning we're going to go deep. We're going to look at what God has to say to us. uh, And we're really going to trust this morning that God's going to speak to us. I believe that he has a powerful word that he wants to say to each and every single person in this room. And so I'm praying that God will speak to us. So we're going to dive in. We're going to let God speak to us now through his word. Let's read this. It says in verse 21 of Mark chapter 1, And they, Jesus, his disciples, they went into Capernaum, and immediately, there's that word, on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they, the disciples, were astonished. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Oh, those poor scribes. Here we see it again. Uh, Verse 23, immediately, immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed. No, they, they were all amazed so that they question among themselves, saying, what is this? A a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. 
And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Verse 21 or 29 here we see again, immediately, immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. Immediately they told him about her. And he came and he took her by the hand and he lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And while the whole city was gathered together at the door, he healed many who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. All right, so this morning... Uh, I'm just going to tell you right up front, uh, I, got, I got one point with two ideas, and it's this. It's that, that Jesus is amazing. Jesus is amazing, and he should be the only authority in your life. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. Yeah, that, when you agree, you, you say amen. amen. There you go. Some, that's okay. Some of you haven't been a part of churches that do that. That's fine. Uh, Jesus is amazing. And now we're going to go really deep on this this morning. We're really going to challenge, and my prayer has been that the Holy Spirit will convict us. Do you really believe that Jesus is amazing? See, if you don't, you're quiet, and you don't say amen. Because you know that, that you know, there's something in your life that, that's hindering that. Or maybe you know, Jesus isn't the only authority in your life. This morning, we're going we're gonna to look at this. We're going to see how, how Jesus interacted with, with the people in this story, but ultimately with how he wants to interact with us. Jesus is amazing. Amen. I like that. <laughs> Jesus is amazing, and he should be the only authority in our life. Well, there's two key verses that I want to, to, to show us, that, to recap, to look at this. Verse 22 is the first one. It says, and they were astonished at his teaching. Now, we don't know what Jesus was teaching, but it says that they were astonished at it. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. See, this was a teaching unlike anything they had ever heard before. It was was new, it was different, it was creative, but most of all, it was with authority, with power, with the ability to give a command and, and to see it be implemented. With power and authority was different. They were astonished. The word astonished, it it literally means this. It it means uh, to strike with sudden or great wonder or surprise. In other words, they were amazed. And then again at at verse 27, the very end, we see that that they were all amazed at at what happened, at how Jesus interacted with this man with the unclean spirit. They, They were amazed This word amazed, it bookends this story that we're going to look at this morning. And and it says that they were amazed and they they questioned themselves, what is this, a new teaching with authority? So we see these two words, uh, amazed and authority, that they bookend this section. I I did a little research on this and and the word astonished, the word amazed in in the Greek, it's this word uh, ekpleso. I don't know if I'm saying that right, ekpleso. Um, it, it, it's listed literally in Acts chapter 2, verse 7. It, it's the idea that when, uh, when all of the, the Holy Spirit came on all the people and they all started speaking in different languages and, and they were hearing the gospel for the first time in their native tongue, the word is that they were amazed. They were astonished. We also see it later in Mark in chapter 10 and verse 32 where after Jesus has this encounter with this rich young ruler, we'll get to that 
through this series, but uh, it's this picture that the disciples, after they watched this encounter with Jesus and this rich young man and this, this guy comes up to Jesus and he says, hey, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? What, what can I add to my life? He's rich, he's wealthy. What can I add to have eternal life? And Jesus kind of confronts him on his issues. And he says, look, if you want to follow me, you, you're welcome to, but first you've got to go and sell everything you have. And then we see that word again, that, that the disciples, they were astonished at his teaching, at how he interacted. It's this, this idea that, that they're filled with awe and wonder. When was the last time that you were filled with awe and wonder at Jesus' teaching? I wonder, we, we have to really wrestle with this. Some of you, you tell me you don't like it when I preach because I make you wrestle with things that you don't like thinking about. That's good. I think that's good. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit and he's speaking. But do you really think that Jesus is amazing? See, on the surface, it's so easy to just say, yes, he is. We're at church. We're saying amazing grace. He's amazing. But does your life prove to others that you really think Jesus is amazing? So that's a different question, isn't it? That one's harder to answer. When we examine ourselves, when, when we look at our lives, does it, does it really point people to Jesus? Are we truly amazed by him? When was the last time that you were amazed by him? I'll tell you, for me, uh, the first time, first time that I was amazed by Christ, like really, truly amazed I was a, a ninth grade student in high school, and uh, there was a, a senior in high school in my youth group in Indiana who said, hey, Eric, uh, I want to disciple you. And I didn't know what that meant, uh, but basically I found out that that meant accountability, so I had to tell him like all my deep, dark secrets, and he was going to hold me accountable and pray for me, which I learned was a good thing. <laughs> Some of you are like, whoa, discipleship, we're about that here at church. I, I don't know about that. It was an awesome thing, truth be told. Changed my life. We studied God's word together. We met on a consistent basis, and here's what happened. He said, let's, let's meet every week. I'll, I'll take you. I'll drive you after school. You know, one, I think we met on Thursdays, uh, and we'll go to Burger King. We went to Burger King because he worked there. He got a discount. That was nice. Benefit, right? Um, and, and he said, like, hey, there's this author, Max Lucado, and he wrote this book called He Chose the Nails. Let's read it together. Let's study God's word and the passages of Scripture that are, are talked about in this book. And for the first time, I'm not kidding you, Sitting at a booth in Burger King in Warsaw, Indiana, God spoke to me of his great love for me and that he chose the nails for me. Like I first, for the first time, I really got it. Like it really sank in that Jesus loves me, that he created me to be in a relationship with, with, with him, the creator of, of heaven and earth that God sent his son Jesus to die for my sin. I understood as a ninth grade student, believe me, the weight of my sin. And I got that Christ paid the price for me for the wrong things, the evil that I had done and that I would do. And that the best news of all, that he didn't stay dead, he didn't stay in the tomb, but on the third day, Christ conquered death and he offers us new life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He rose again, and that I too can have new life in Jesus that started on that day and goes for all of eternity. I, I sat in that booth at Burger King bawling my eyes out with a senior in high school, and he, he just looked at me like, Eric, I've been there. I understand because Jesus died for me too. 
It's a powerful moment. I was amazed, amazed by Christ. But the reality is, for some of us, the last time that we were amazed by Christ was that moment when we made a decision to follow him. And it hasn't really happened since. And I wonder if maybe part of it is because we don't read his word. We don't study his teaching. It says the disciples, they were amazed at his teaching. And you guys say, man, ah, yeah, but God doesn't speak to me that way. Are you reading his word? Are you studying his teaching? Are you reading the book of Mark? Because there's some amazing things that happen in here. Jesus does some amazing things. Don't miss it. This past week, Pastor R and I, we were in Haiti. And I had the awesome opportunity to be a part of a pastor's conference. And let me just tell you, Pastor R shined. He's just, he's so good at, at pastoring. It was awesome to watch him teach these 27 Haitian pastors. Some of them have like a fourth and fifth grade reading level and he was taking them through the book of Mark. I kind of was just his little sidekick for the week. It was, it was fun to be there and to be a part of. Um, but Pastor R shined. It was cool to see the lights come on for some of these Haitian pastors. In fact, there was, there was one morning when I was teaching and Pastor R had left the room uh, to go handle something else and, and uh, one of the, the Haitian pastors, he raised his hand and he said, Pastor Eric, we just looked at a passage where Jesus deals with the people in his community with great authority. And they said, there's, there's voodoo priests here in our, in our country and they have great power and authority or at least we're afraid of them or that we think they do. And he said, he asked me this question, this, this pastor, he said, uh, through a translator, he said, um, there, there's a person in my church who the voodoo priest couldn't heal, but the, this person in our church, they owe him a lot of money. They owe the voodoo priest a lot of money. Yeah, they're greatly in debt. But they came to the church, they came to me as a pastor, and after the voodoo priest couldn't heal them, and they came to me and they asked me if I would pray over this this person. And said, so, I prayed, and I prayed in the power and the authority of Jesus, and, and, and God healed this person of their, of their illness. He took it away. And he said, now there's this dilemma where the, this person in our church, they, they've been healed, they've been set free by the power of Jesus, not the power of the voodoo priest, but they still owe this voodoo priest a lot of money. And they said, what do I tell that person in my church to do? And I was sweating bullets. I was like, where is Pastor R? <laughs> he needs to get back in here and answer this. And so I'm praying, God, Holy, Holy Spirit, help me. And I said, I asked the pastor, I said, does, does the voodoo priest have authority and they said, no, not, not really. We're, we're afraid of, of him, but not really. And I said, then they don't owe that person, the, the voodoo priest, they don't owe him any money. And he may probably, the voodoo priest is going to try and come after that person in your church and probably make threats but, because he's, he's a pawn in the hand of the enemy. And the enemy's the great deceiver and he's the father of lies and so really he holds no power. Jesus has all the power. Jesus has all the authority. And slowly the pastors were nodding their heads. They, they were starting to get it. I was amazed at, at Jesus and his teaching, what he was doing. Are you amazed by Jesus? Does your life show it? This word authority we see here as well. Who or what has authority over you? The word authority, it's, it's a power of influence. It's, it's a command that, that's given. It's, it's to change thought, behavior, to influence of great strength. 
The same word, authority. Think of other scripture passages that use the word authority. In the next chapter in Mark, we see Jesus heals this, this paralyzed man that his friends bring into the presence of Jesus, and he heals him. And not only does he heal him, he says, look, in all authority, I, I have the authority to forgive him of his sin. And they're amazed. We'll, we'll get to that in a, in a couple weeks. Another passage, hopefully, that comes to your mind is, is the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, where Jesus says, look, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. And so I commission you, go and make disciples. Do you think that's a lot of authority? Think about that. All, all, all authority, not just on earth, but in heaven too. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. All authority. He teaches. See, Jesus teaches in authority because he's in authority. Jesus teaches with authority because he is the authority. There's a connection between amazement and authority. And I want to connect these dots for us here. There's a connection between being amazed and authority. Because if you're not amazed, you likely won't submit to their authority. Think about that. If you're not amazed with someone, you probably won't submit to their authority. Some of you have come to this church because you weren't amazed with the authority at a former church. And so you came here. Some of you have said, Donald Trump's not my president because you're not amazed with him. And you don't want to submit to his authority. But see, all authority is under Christ. All authority is under him. Good or bad, wrong or right, every one of us submits to him. He's the authority. So who or what is authority in your life? Is there another authority besides Christ? See, we see that in this passage here. We see that. There's this man. Let's, let's look at it. Verse 23 says, Immediately there in the synagogue was a man, a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you done with us, Jesus of Nazareth? What do you have to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? He says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. Let, let's go a little deeper with this. First of all, we have to understand that that. Just like you and I are, are human beings, there's this man. But he's not just a man. He's a man with an unclean spirit. He's a man who, who has someone or something in his life that's in authority over him. And we see that so clearly. If we really look at, at these small words, let's, let's break it down here. We, we see that there's a man with an unclean spirit, and, and he cries out. Check this out. He, he says, what have you to do with us? He talks in the plural. So we ask the question, who's really talking here? The man or the unclean spirit? See, he's a man under the authority of an unclean spirit, under the authority of a demon. And Jesus says, look, I should be the only authority in your life. And this demon knows it, and he says, I know who you are. I don't think the man is speaking. I think it's the demon speaking. The demon says, I, I know who you are. Have you come to destroy us? You're the holy one of God. Jesus hasn't even yet revealed his identity, but this demon knows you're the holy one of God. See, the demons believe that Jesus is the son of God. They, they know he is the son of God. 
In James 2.19, it tells us that even the demons believe that God is one and they shudder. They're afraid. Here we see that very thing that this, this demon, this unclean spirit is afraid of Jesus. He knows that he has power. Look, Pastor Dan last week talked about this, this powerful thing of riding on a zip line and, and putting, putting your trust. He talked about there's a difference between believing and trusting. There's a difference between knowing and being committed. And look, here, here the demon who is in authority over this man knows who Jesus is. He identifies him as the Son of God, as the Holy One of God. He fully understands his power. But does this demon have salvation? No. No. See, some of us, we're the same. We know about Jesus. We believe that he's the Son of God. We've come to church for a long time. We, we understand, we, we can say, yeah, I'm amazed by Jesus. But are you trusting? Are you fully committed? I loved what Dan said, is, is your full weight committed and trusted to Christ? See the authority in your life. There's a difference there. There's a difference there. And so Jesus, he, he takes authority over this unclean spirit. I love this. Check out verse 25. He says, but Jesus. Mark, what a, what a brilliant author, but Jesus. This isn't like um, when, when your kids come to you and you give them a command, you say, I need you to take out the trash, but mom. It's not that. It's not like when, when your wife asks you to do, do the dishes and you say, but, but babe, the, the cubs are on TV. It's not that. It's not that at all. It's, but Jesus like you're going this direction, but, but Jesus intervenes and you go a different direction. And Jesus silenced him. He used strong language. I think Jesus yelled, be quiet. You picture this scene and come out of him. See, Jesus is speaking not to the man, but to the demon. He says, come out of him. I'm the only authority here. You're not. It's pretty clear to see why the disciples were so amazed at Jesus, at his teaching. What about you? When when was the last time you were amazed at Jesus' teaching? When was the last time that you really understood that Jesus is an authority? You you know what, church? There there are things in our life that that we're amazed by that have taken authority over our life. There's a connection there. For some of you, you're you're amazed with with lust, with with people other than your husband and your wife, and and you allow that to linger in your hearts and your minds to the point where it takes authority over you. You begin to make bad decisions. For some of you, you're you're amazed with, with just being comfortable to the point where you seek that and it begins to take authority over you and you don't do anything uncomfortable. You don't do anything that Christ asks you to do because it's, it's out of your comfort zone. I don't know what it is for you, but we could keep going and we could give a whole list of things that we're amazed with, that we enjoy, that are of benefit and they begin to take authority over us. See, I think this, this man, he was amazed with something in his life And this unclean spirit, this spirit, this demon that's against God, that directly opposes Christ, 
both in his nature and verbally. He comes to, to seek and kill and destroy and distract. He shows up in the synagogue where Jesus has been teaching and people were amazed and it says immediately this man shows up. Coincidence? No. How many of you have ever come to church, you, you walk through the doors and you're distracted? You like can't focus. Man, God, I just, I need you. I need to connect with you, but I, I'm just, I'm consumed. My mind is consumed with this thing, with, with our finances, with my sin, with something. And you can't hear what God's teaching. You're not, you leave and you're still not amazed with, with what God has to say because you're carrying this thing. It's in authority over you. Jesus says, be silent. Come out of the man. What's on you? My mom used to ask me this question, Eric, what's gotten into you? <laughs> it was this, this phrase that she would use. Usually she said it like this, what's gotten into you, boy? And I knew like, oh man, I did something dumb. Oh, I'm in trouble. Uh, one of my good friends, he, he has a, a son, his son's name is Jarek. And uh, he was telling me that his son, you know, it just would be sad all the time. He used to, you always say, like, Jarek, what, what's, what's gotten into you? Why are you so sad? And so they started trying to think of ways to get him to smile. And so they, every time Jarek, you know, would, would have a, a sad face, they'd say, Jarek, don't smile. Don't smile. And it would literally get him to smile. Well, they were amazed because uh, a few weeks later when, when Jarek was in big trouble and my friend was discipling his, or dis- disciplining, sorry, uh, disciplining his son. And <laughs> you'll get that. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> When, when he's disciplining his son, and, and his, Jarek looked at his dad and said, Dad, don't smile. <laughs> he just lost it. He said he started laughing. <laughs> he was amazed at what his son learned in such a short period of time. What's gotten into you? What's come over you? What have you allowed to be authority in your life other than Christ? Look, the reality is that here we see Jesus. He says, be silent. It's not, but, but Jesus, I don't want to do that. It's no, but Jesus. The, the power and authority that he has, he casts it out. He casts it out. And the disciples, those who are standing there, they're amazed. They're astonished. They're filled with wonder at Christ, and the authority that he has, the power that he has. Are, are we are we, should our life model that? This morning, I, I want us to respond. I think we can't read scripture without responding. I think when we read a story like this and, and we think about it really deeply, like we've been doing, we study God's word, there, there's a response for each of us. How do we respond to this? What do we do with this? Hopefully now we, we know, we understand that Jesus is amazing and that he should be the only authority in our life. But maybe, if we're honest, for some of us, he's not. For some of us, you're, you're the same as the demon where you know, you believe. You would say Jesus is amazing. But are you fully trusting in Christ alone for your salvation? We sang that song this morning, Christ alone. I put my trust you have to respond to that. The gospel is good news and it confronts our sin. 
So how do we respond? Maybe for some of you, you're, you're not trusting in Christ alone for salvation. Maybe for some of you, he's not the authority in your life. Maybe for some of you, Jesus is an authority in your life, but he's not the only authority in your life. And maybe you need to confess the things that you've been amazed by, that you've allowed to be an authority in addition to Christ. You're like that rich young ruler who wants to just keep adding. Where are you? How's God calling you to respond? I'm gonna invite our praise team to come back up here and they're gonna play one last song and I want you in this time and in this space to respond to what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. Are are you amazed by him? And is he the only authority in your life? And so just to be really, really clear, if you're not trusting in Christ alone for your salvation and you need to have a, a, a ninth grade Burger King moment where you need to just put your full trust in Christ, then I'm gonna invite you to come to the cross. And we'll have some people over here who would be happy to pray with you, who would be happy to talk about what that means and what that looks like to put your trust in Christ and in Christ alone. And maybe there, there's something in your life that's been an authority and you just you need somebody to pray for you. I would invite you to go to the cross as well. Again, we'll have some people over there who can pray with you, who can, like Jesus, speak into these things in your life and say, look, be silent and come out in the name of Jesus, who has authority to be removed by these unclean spirits, these things that we've allowed to be an authority. Or maybe you just need to to bow a knee, and that's okay. You can do that right where you sit to bow a knee to Jesus and say, look, Lord, you're the only authority in my life. Maybe you want to come up front to come to the altar and and pray with God. If you come up front and you come to the altar, we'll we'll leave you alone for you just to have some time and some space to to deal with, with what God's asking you to do. But I believe with all of my heart that God is asking us each to respond. What do we, what do we do with this? Because if we read God's word and we see these things and the Spirit speaks to us, but we don't respond, we don't change, we don't move, we don't act in obedience, then what are we really doing? Isn't that why we come here? (laughs) To learn, to grow, to change, to respond. Isn't that why we read God's word? To be changed, to be amazed, to keep him in authority. Let me pray for us. God, I ask that in this time and in this place, you would speak. God, for maybe some of us, we've never heard. We've never heard you speaking. But God, in this moment, we hear you loud and clear. And we know what we have to do. Give us boldness. Fill us with obedience by the power, the name, the authority of Jesus. Lord, that we can go and that we can live lives of amazement because of how we see you at work both in and through us. Change us, Lord. Don't leave us the same. Pray these things in your holy and precious name.